Welcome back to Parenting Today, everybody. I'm about to get into my conversation with Kurt on Christian culture, uh, music, and movies, and all that good stuff. Uh, we, we do just want to remind everybody we're trying to be cautious as we discuss this, so we know people think differently about all of these uh, different cultural artifacts that we're talking about, specifically in the Christian culture. So uh, hopefully we're not stepping on your toes too much. Uh, that said, we'd love to hear from you, so be sure to reach out and uh, let us know. Help us uh, think through this subject. That's a little uh, tricky to discuss at times. Here's my conversation with Kurt. Hope you enjoy. All right, we're back. This is Kurt, uh, Parenting Today. Um, I'm here with John. Hey, John, how's it going? It's going good, Kurt. Um, hope you get your yes, air we, conditioning fixed. <laughs> we are talking about uh, air conditioning is working just fine, uh, at, by the way. Well, that was just a tune-up. Thank you for your concern. <laughs> um, my air is being conditioned. Uh, we're talking about Christian subculture, and we're talking about uh, we're talking about Christian movies and Christian music. And uh, just the uh, the subculture uh, of, of Christian art, uh, or whatever you will. Uh, on Tuesday, we talked about uh, we talked we talked about kind of the problems that we see with um, with that genre um, and how uh, maybe the, uh, those films and that music could be done better. Maybe not copying the world. Um, but just coming up with their own uh, with their own creative things. Um, John, let's talk about what's good about about Christian subculture and well, and, and maybe what when we've seen uh, the Christian worldview displayed well in in movies. Um, they don't have to be Christian movies, but just uh, and 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 how and how. I think if it's it's fair for someone to ask, okay, well, if you don't think that God My Dad was a very good movie. Well then, can you show me an example of where you think the Christian worldview was well portrayed in a film? Mm-hmm. Is that fair enough? Yeah, yeah, and and maybe some of this, um, yeah, I was starting to say something, but I guess we'll bring that up um, a little bit later. Yeah, I think I mean as we've said before, and um, we, we've talked about movies, we have to see that all of movies uh, are a form of general revelation. Um, that God mm. owns the entire world. So he is over every single director, screenwriter, movie producer. Um, Sound editor. Yeah, absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think, you know, part of this is we're, we're talking about this, Kurt, is obviously what we're talking about, okay, how can we pass this framework along to our children? You know, how do we engage in these kind of conversations? So we've got to be teaching them, you know, Romans 1, uh, Psalm 19, those are verses we would look to uh, that give us this concept of general revelation. That is, God reveals himself to all of creation um, through creation, that, that every single human can look at the sun, look at the moon, look at mountains, trees, everything, and it's pointing us to a creator. And God tells us in Romans 1 that this knowledge is written on the hearts of humanity. And so as we kind of carry that along through creation, we've got to see that all forms of you know technology are a form of general revelation. Um, we talk about like the teleological um, understanding of creation, and that means that all creation has a purpose, has an end, has a goal, a goal, and it's pointing us to this designer, this creator. And so 
we have to see that movies are going to communicate truth about God, even if that was not the intent of the director um, behind it. And so, yes, there are going to be plenty of movies where we can say, okay, yeah, there might be some biblical truth in this R-rated comedy, but we probably should not just dive in and, and watch this this certain movie. And I know some people are, are much more uh, take much more liberty in what they watch and what they um, you know should not be watching. But but again, what we've got to see okay, there's going to be some um, some truth communicated. Um, and so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of those um, movies. I mean. Um, you know, Finding Nemo is one, you know, I've watched with my children and, um, I mean, you just think of that, that whole story. You've got a rebellious child, uh, running away, uh, or disobeying, you know, the father, but the father does not give up in pursuing their child. And so, I mean, we can say, look, that's communicating a biblical truth there, um, that you have a father who will not stop loving his child and will not stop pursuing mm. his child. And obviously we know, okay, that's the story of Scripture. And yes, as you watch Finding Nemo, um, the father, uh, Marlon, isn't it Marlon? Um, mm-hmm. He is this just worried, anxious, um, overprotective father. And you could say some of that kind of pushes... Uh, Nemo away, and we know some of that is at the opening scene of uh, this movie. You know his wife, and you know all of the the, the fish that were still, you know, in the the eggs were, were killed, and so this father's obviously terrified. Well, that's not a biblical picture of our heavenly father. We know he's not this anxious, worried father, but still gives us some truth of we have a father who does not stop pursuing us even when we are rebellious. And so, again, that's just one movie where it's like, okay, there there is going to be a storyline because there's ultimately only one story, right? And all of these movies that are coming out are borrowing aspects of the one story uh, that we find in scripture. And so Kurt, did that get to your question of what, um, what, what I noticed or or I can't remember exactly how you phrased it. Yeah. Well, I just think it's, um, I think that there's, I think one question we need to ask ourselves is, is does, does there need to be an explicitly Christian movie? Like, is that an, is that an, now obviously it makes money. So there's, there's a demand for it in some way or another. Um, but uh, you know, I'd say, I guess jumping in, no, there doesn't need to be. I mean, just as we're commanded to be in the world and not of the world, if we're making movies that are saying this is a Christian movie, you're kind of isolating people and you're kind of saying this is not mm. for you. Um, I think maybe like maybe there's a place and I'm fine with you pushing back, but shouldn't we be making stories that are attractive to the world um, that can be kind mm. of somewhat evangelistic? I mean, showing them, um, you know, ultimate truths and not so much just kind of rubbing your face in it. Yeah. And I mean, I guess my, th- my, my thing is, if you have to say this is a Christian movie, haven't you already just given up on art? Like, haven't you already said, I mean, if you have to explain a joke, it's not funny, right? Right? If I tell you a joke and you don't laugh, and then I'm like, no, this is why it's funny, then it's not, then it's not funny, right? It either makes you laugh or it doesn't make you laugh. And if, if I'm going to tell a story, if I have to say this is a Christian story, then obviously I've I've missed the boat somewhere, right? Like that. I, I'm not. I, I'm not uh, trying to um, be hypercritical here. I'm just saying, um, you know, I think if someone said to me, "What is a picture of God's forgiveness in a film?" You know, maybe the first place I would go would be like Les Mis, 
um, Jean Valjean and the priest and the silver. And that's not a, now that's not a, I did air quotes again, which is so dumb because I know we're recording a podcast, but that's not quote unquote a Christian movie. And yet like that is, I would, I would never go to, you know, facing the giants or, or fireproof or any of these movies. And that's not to say that the message they have isn't an important message. What I'm saying is my problem is not with their message. And uh, for the most part, my problem is not with their message necessarily. My problem is with their medium, like how they're doing it, that they're not doing it so well that they're, they're, they're not doing it so well that they don't have to say, this is our message. The message just doesn't come through naturally. You know, you use Finding Nemo as an example, but there are a ton of examples in movies. I mean, I think that in a lot of ways, The Lion King is a story about, you know, the rightful heir to the throne, you know, arising to take his place and then the rest of the world recognizing that rightful heir and and everything coming into balance because of it. You know, and that's really the story of the gospel, right? I mean, that's that's that's, you know, the story of Toy Story is a story of ownership, you know, like I have Andy's name on my foot and that identifies me as who I am. I'm, you know, and you know, again, that's the gospel, right? It's that God has put his name on me. I know you by name. So again, these are not Christian movies and yet they're, you know, they're where I would go to choose an illustration. I would never, ever go to these explicitly Christian movies to share an illustration. And I think that says something. I think it says something about the quality of a movie done. I'm not saying that there can't be movies done by Christians um, to propagate the gospel, but I just think that it has to be done in such a way that it doesn't, again, like you said, t- uh, limit the audience. Mm-hmm. And and you know, along these lines too, I think Kurt, you'd agree with me that there have been a lot of um, uh, studios and uh, just people that that have uh, made taken strides to to improve their craft, to hone their craft. That there are some quote unquote Christian movies that are, um, that are better in their production quality, uh, that they are, you know, a little more artistic. They have, you know, again, actors that, um, are a little more professional. Uh, I have, excuse me, not, not seen this. And this is a movie that's, that's coming out. Um, I think, yeah, April 17th, uh, a movie called breakthrough and, um, you know, a true story. So, I mean, we're not trying to, to mock this true story, but I mean, it's, it says just the tagline, you know, when her 14 year old son drowns in a lake, a faithful mother prays for him to come back from the brink of death and be healed. And, you know, as you watch the the trailer, you, you know, he, he does wake up. And again, this is a true story, an amazing thing um, for sure. Uh, you know, I mean, we would be concerned and okay, well, what does it communicate about prayer? Does it give us an accurate understanding that God does not always answer the prayer in the way that we want it answered, that God can answer it in, in another way. Um, but, but I'm bringing up this movie to simply say Topher Grace is in this movie. I mean, he's been on that 70s show. He's been in a lot of other movies. Um, Josh Lucas uh, is in this movie as well, and he hasn't been in anything, you know, very uh, big recently. Uh, but um, Mike Coulter and uh, Chrissy Metz, I think she is in uh, This Is Us, which I, I don't haven't watched that show, but I know it's very popular. So again, these are just some more um, well-known actors that uh, that are starting to get into some of these these films. Where maybe trying to hone their craft a little bit. Yeah, so I think that's a good sign, personally. Like I think, in one way, it's a good sign. It's like, hey, you know, we have the money to hire like really good actors. But just to be honest, where where I want to see um, Christian, you know, if 
if we if we want to see this this industry go anywhere, what I like to see is to hire writers to spend the money on writers who are making movies that um uh, I mean in essence the story is what matters. You can hire Nick Cage to be in Left Behind, but the problem with Left Behind is not the actors in the movie, the Kirk Cameron version or the Nick Cage version. The problem is the writing, right? Um, I mean, theology aside, <laughs> it's not the, the best. It's not. It's not the. It's not the best. I won't say that it's bad, but um, well, it's tough. Um, all that to say is that uh, that's where uh, that's where I think you know we are people of a story. You know, and if there's one thing about the Bible is that it's a really well-written story. There's really cool elements to how the Bible is written and uh, the little you – know, people. I think people forget that novels didn't exist before Scripture, right? So novels, in many ways, like the kind of literature that you find in like the Gospels, it just didn't exist. There wasn't, there wasn't anything like it before it existed, and it's really well-written. You know, you learn a lot about Jesus and about the interactions – uh, of the people because the way in which they're described and, you know, the stories are, <coughs> excuse me, are great stories. And if there's anything, if there's anybody who should be worried about the story being really well portrayed, it should be us, right? It should be us. We should be the ones who tell the best stories because we have the best story to tell. And there's so many of them. Um, and so all that to say is that that's why, I mean, this is, I feel like in some ways that this episode is kind of like the youth ministers whine about Christian <laughs> movies. And I, that's not, I don't want it to be like that, although that, I recognize that that's kind of what it is. Um, but all that to say is that I just don't want to put my students in a, in a position. I don't like to put my students in a position where they have to choose between their faith and what is objectively mm-hmm. good. Whatever is good, whatever is excellent, whatever is worthy of praise, think on these things. I don't want to make them make that Sophie's choice, another movie reference. Um, to make that Sophie to have to make that choice between those two things, yeah. and I feel like sometimes the Christian movie industry forces us to make that choice. Yeah. I mean, if you want to see a movie that's, you know, a real movie about Christian persecution, um, what's the movie that um, uh, with uh, the is it Silence? Andrew with, Garfield uh, and Liam Neeson. And, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. About about real <laughs> and Kyle Ren. That's right. Yes. Yeah, poor Adam Driver. But, uh, you know, yeah, and it's a movie about real – it's a real depiction of real historical persecution um, that happened <laughs> in Japan um, when Catholic uh, – when Roman Catholic missionaries went over there. And, that, I mean, and it's very well done, and it's very powerfully done, right? Now, that there – there is a um, – you know, there's – that – I don't agree with everything in that movie. I don't want to write, but I I do agree with how it was made. Um, I do I do want to hold up how it was made. Yeah. Um, and so I, is that distinction being made, or are we being clear? No, I, I think I think it's good that you're you're bringing that up because, like you said, we don't want to just be hey the podcast where Kurt and John whine about you know Christians and and art, but. It's an important conversation because, um, you know, we're trying to train the next generation to see this, to think, um, to, to be discerning about it. Because, I mean, so much, like I referenced the movie Breakthrough, uh, which is, again, coming out Easter weekend. And I'm not trying to bash it. One, I have not seen it. So I have no idea what the message is that's is, being communicated. You know, as you watch the trailer, it's a 
you could say a powerful trailer because one, I mean, it's a true story about um, a boy drowning and this mother, you know, praying uh, for his survival and there's music and all of that. And so we have to see, you know, movies are a powerful medium and even look, let's take kind of Christian movies out of the equation. I mean, movies that just have, you know, um, that, that are more, you know, on the secular side, they just have a bad message we have to, as parents, be you know helping our children practice discernment because when they see just you know if you take them to the movie theater and it's a big screen and there's all kinds of music and effects and everything, they get sucked into the the power of this medium. That we have to help them step back and say, okay, what was this communicating there? Because you know all the time. I mean, if it's a movie we we like that. You know, I'm just this is coming to mind like Home Alone. Um, <clears throat> that's a, a movie we've watched around Christmas. And obviously, um, Kevin McAllister is a horrible example of uh, just how you, uh, you know, dishonor your parents. And we use that as, hey, kids, is he being respectful to his parents and just having those those lessons uh, to, to be, you know, taught and, and passed on. And so we, we've got to be thinking just as this is a powerful medium, we've got to guard our children from just the negative messages. And even if that's through <laughs> Christian movies, we've got to help them to be discerning as they engage and watch watch movies or listen to music. Did, did, did that make sense? Yeah, I, I was going to say, yeah, it did. And I was just going to add one more thing. I know we're running up against it, but um, it's about the sacred, sacred secular distinction. Um, Abraham, Abraham Kuyper. Is that what you're you know, looking for? Yeah. Well, um, you know, there are such things as there is such thing as sacred music. I think, like, I think it's good for instance, that the music that we hear in church, I feel like we might be jumping into a new category here. I'm dangerously treading into this pool, but I think it's good that the music that we hear in church sounds different from the music that we hear on the radio. I think that's probably a good thing because it says like, Oh, what's going on here is different. What goes on, you know, in the car or at the beach or wherever, like something different is happening. I think that's probably a good, that's a good sacred secular distinction. Um, there is. And <clears throat> I think it's important to remember that, that like um, we don't have to have a Christian version of everything. Right. Like like some things are just like holy, holy, holy. You know, it's a great hymn, you know, and it's great to sing it. And it's great, um, you know, it's great to have it in church. And, you know, we don't have to we don't have to model our worship or our Christian life after the world. Um, and I guess is what I'm trying to say that the sacred secular distinction is not all bad. Um, it's not. Um, there, you know, it's fine for, you know, the, the message of the sacred to bleed through into everything that we do, because we expect that this is God's story and life's going to reflect that. Um, but we don't like, so all that to say is that we don't have to have the Christian version of Taylor Swift's song. We don't need it. Right. All right. That's not, that's not necessarily necessary because, you know, we're not, they're not competing with each other. Amazing grace and shake it off. are not competing with with each other because they provide, you know, they're they're for different arenas in different contexts. I guess it's all. I'm I'm doing a very poor job of explaining that, but I think it's no, an important I, thing that I we think need you're to right, know. Kurt. Um, and, and yeah, like we said, there, there's going to be a lot of disagreement, and even as you're going into you know talking about some of the music that occurs <laughs> in you know church on Sunday, we know that there are different denominations, and people are going to listen to different st- types of music and styles of music, and you know we're not going to get into you know, church worship music right now. Um, but 
you know, just the distinction there, like you said, um, yeah, is, is important um, to make. Yeah, we, we should probably start wrapping this up. I know you've got to go. You're dealing with air conditioner stuff at your house, and I need to go. But we wanted to at least get some kind of conversation in for our listeners, um, especially over the uh, spring break uh, travel. Uh, Kurt, hope you have a safe trip, and it's an, an awesome you know experience for your youth group and your church as you serve and uh, <laughs> alongside Isaiah 55 uh, Ministries. Um, do you want to make right. any last right. statement kind of as we're wrapping this up? No, I just, um, I'm really glad that we recorded this and I hope that it's thought provoking and that it, it begins a discussion because we're not going to end it. We're not experts enough to end the discussion. Um, but I also think it's good that we record this because I'm, I won't be doing this over spring break because I'll be without a phone. But, um, but for, I listen to a lot of podcasts when um, school is out or when, when we're traveling a lot. And so um, I hope that this is uh, entertain- not only entertaining, but thought provoking for you um, as you uh, as you enjoy your spring break. All right, John, I'll, I'll talk to you later. See you, man.